From the heart of Rune Terror, this is League of Legends Radio with your host, Ponderous Sea Lion. Welcome back to League of Legends Radio. I'm your host, Ponder Sea Lion. Let's get right into the terrible Keemstar references, apparently. Every time I see something on, like, YouTube, and it just makes me kind of want to stop looking at YouTube when I see it, like people imitating the Keemstar uh, intro, and I'm sure there's countless others, and then I just end up doing it on my own show and it's just what level have I sunk to you know you ever have those days where you just eat two bowls of ice cream it's kind of that feeling if you've ever felt like that if you've ever just felt like I just played 36 games of solo queue in a row consecutively I need to uh stop being conscious for a little bit yeah it's kind of the feeling when you do a Keemstar intro on uh on your podcast, so not a good feeling. Uh, that being said, speaking of solo queue, I just failed my Diamond 4 promos for the uh, sixth time. <laughs> I'm not dead inside, though. It's okay, guys. Well, this has been a fun intro. <laughs> Anyways, I got a uh, an email, and uh, they wanted me to talk about uh, champion and uh, game design. What constitutes good versus bad game design. And that's a that's kind of a mountain to tackle, so we're going to break the mountain into molehills, as the saying goes. I don't think that's how the saying goes exactly, but you know what I mean. I think. I know what I mean, and uh, I'm the only person here for a consensus right now, so uh, the consensus I've reached is that everyone should know what I mean, and if they don't, then, you know... Just get out of my podcast because I don't want you. I don't want you here. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, for this episode, I'll be talking about bad champion design and some other possible things that I could talk about. Would be you know the flip side of that, good champion design. That's <laughs> not gonna be this week. Um, I'm not sure exactly how I'm gonna do this, but uh, another thing would be you know map design decisions. So like giving turrets extra armor early in the game. Rift Herald, randomly spawning dragons, stuff like that would be a good uh, topic for an episode and some of my thoughts on uh, stuff like that. But anyways, um, yeah, that ended abruptly. <laughs> I, I have nothing left to say, but as we know, when I have nothing left to say, I just keep talking about how the fact that I have nothing left to say and... You know, it's kind of a joke. It's like, oh, you don't have anything left to say, but he continues to keep talking. <laughs> Get it, guys? It's funny. It's uh, and it's an uh, ironic oxymoron. I don't really know what word to use here, but I'm sure it's one of those or another one. So, episode. So yeah. Character, I guess I'll be more broad, game design as a topic is something that I could talk about for hours and, you know, throughout the course of uh, this show have talked about for hours. 
Um, but what I'm going to try and do with this is I think I'll, I'll do either a series of episodes about it or depending on how long I want to talk on each topic or how long I organically stay on each topic. There might be some that like where I'll talk about one thing and then another thing in the same episode. And there might be some mix and match and all that kind of stuff. But uh, for this episode, I want to focus on character design. And more specifically than that, I want to focus on bad character design. And before we move further, there's something you have to understand about character des- bad character design is that there's two kinds of bad character design to categorize it further. Um, there is, you know, what maybe you would traditionally think of as bad character design, which typically the problems that um, plague these characters are, A, they're usually really old, and because of that, their kits usually either lack cohesion or there's just no instance in which you'd really want to play this character that the character would do something better than another character. Um, and then the other one is unhealthy design, which is champions that are either just so obnoxious that you just never want to see them in your games or that their kits are so difficult to balance that they are always either extremely good or pretty bad. And there's very little in between, it feels like. And uh, I guess I'll start with first... An example of the the first kind of bad character design, the, I guess we'll, I'll say bad, but with a different emphasis for this one. Um, And the first champion that comes to mind for me is Warwick. Now, Warwick hasn't received any major changes to his kit since I've been playing the game, which was the end of Season 2. So it's been a while, and Warwick's kit has remained essentially the same for that entire time period and I remember seeing a post of someone saying that they'd been maining Warwick since season 2 and this was like last year so season 5 how you main Warwick for 3 years is entirely beyond me but um, I just thought that was interesting but uh, the thing about Warwick is that what what does he do first of all what is his goal his goal is to lock down a carry in a team fight well okay let's look at what his ult does it's a point and click ability you press R on someone, you lock them down, they can't move, and hopefully your team follows up and you get a kill. Well, the problem with his kit is that buying a single item that's very common on especially AD carries, which is typically going to be your prime target late game, they can buy one 1300 gold item and essentially just negate your champion's existence, more or less. You're just going to get kited into oblivion, and you're not going to be able to chase them down, you're not going to be able to do anything, the enemy support is just going to easily peel you off and there's going to be nothing you can do about it because they made that one purchase. And the rest of his kit, it doesn't really make sense. I, it, Warwick's kit, it doesn't. you don't feel like you know what he's supposed to do. So I guess I'll offer some um, changes that I would uh, recommend if I were to redesign Warwick. So as you guys know, his Q, he takes a bite out of someone, his W gives him... And his allies an attack speed boost. His E follows low health targets and grants him additional move speed. And then his R is, of course, jumping onto them. And I know they've worked on Warwick reworks in the past, but to me the problem with Warwick is that he doesn't have a clear theme as a champion on what he is, you know, lore-wise and character-wise. What is he? Is he like, 
I, I know I've read his lore. He, like, got turned into a wolf or something stupid. Back when I read the lore. I read, like, all the champions' lore in, like, season three and have forgotten some of it. I know he worked with Singed, so we know that much. But I think it would be interesting to see what you could do with Warwick's kit because his abilities don't go together. They're very random and mismatched. Mi- mismatched? Yeah, I said that right. Okay, it sounds really weird. <laughs> um, they're mismatched. They they don't fit together cohesively like a lot of champion kits that are coming out more recently do. And, I mean, you can't really fault them for that. They had no idea what the fuck they were doing when they made Warwick. Uh, they were just starting out, and it's understandable. Nobody knows what they're doing when they first start. But um, that being said, I think that Riot, w- if they were to rework Warwick, would need to pick a specific direction to go with his kit. So, like, is he supposed to be kind of a Rengar Kha'Zix type character who stalks his prey, and then, you know, they they get low on health? Like, his E is actually one of his coolest abilities. When an enemy is low on health, um, he can more easily uh, chase them and catch up to them. I think that would be a really cool ability if maybe, like, they lowered the range of it to, like, 1500 units or so and gave him a massive movement speed boost running towards uh, characters that are low he could be like the the chase down finish them off champion he could be you know kind of a Rengar stalk from the shadows and then jump out and kill them that's kind of where I would see his kit going mostly or if they wanted him to be more like the way that he is now with lock down a single carry and hope that your team follows up, he could be something more like Vi, more of a bruiser, fighter type champion. But as of right now, his W is weird. It gives your team an attack speed boost, which, I mean, it's useful, sort of. It's probably the most useful thing in his kit besides his ultimate. Um, and his Q is weird. It's a heal. And see, the other thing is his passive and his Q and his ult all also imply that he could be like a healer, not a healer, but, you know, a Vladimir-type champion that is really reliant on self-healing, which, I mean, Warwick is reliant on self-healing, but it's not central to his his theme the way that it is for Vladimir. Like, is Warwick constantly trying to regenerate his health in team fights? You could give him some steroids for that, and you could build his kit around that. You could build his kit around taking out carries, chasing down low health targets. There's a lot that you could do with his kit with the building blocks that you've already got. But the problem is that no specific direction was picked with Warwick. And again, this is uh, even though Warwick is a terribly designed champion, I'm not going to criticize him for it. I'm not sure why he hasn't received any form of rework yet because he's barely functional as a character. But um, they didn't know what they were doing. And obviously, they had no idea. And that's why Warwick is just such a mess of a champion and is never really good. And he's never good in competitive play. And then in solo queue, he's basically only good if the attack speed jungle item is broken. Um, which basically is every time they rework it. <laughs> which hopefully they rework it again. <laughs> God bless. Um, yeah, so... One of the one of I think the most important things to champion design is cohesion and making sure that all of the abilities in a kit work towards the goal of making the character feel better, uh, play smoothly, 
and have a clear direction in mind as to how the character is meant to be played. And so a, ch a champion can actually be good in the cohesion department to a certain extent, but still be an unhealthy or bad character, you know, from the other standpoint, which is, uh, which I'm going to go into right now. And I'm going to talk about one of everyone's favorite characters to play against, Echo. Um, I know everybody loves him. When I first saw his, uh, champion, uh, being released and, like, you could first see his abilities and stuff, I was honestly horrified because I knew what he was going to become and surprise, surprise, I was right. I didn't know necessarily, um, a, a AP, or I didn't know that he was going to be built full tank and then just use his stupid base values. I did not know that part, but I knew that he was going to be a pain in the ass for years to come, and lo and behold, it came true. Echo is a huge pain in the ass. Not to mention he was, you know, ridiculously overtuned when he was first released, but number tuning, it's whatever. Number tuning is to be done in the 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 patches following a champion's release the initial number tuning while obnoxious isn't really that important unless you put something in a kit that is nearly impossible to you know effectively balance then it becomes a problem um but that being said why do i hate echo's kit why do you guys hate echo's kit so much the biggest problem with echo for me is his massive mobility coupled with two defensive abilities. So he's got a massive shield and a massive heal, you know, provided that you're building um tank or provided that you're building AP. His heal and shield are both just massive. And there aren't really oh, and it's coupled with an untarget untargetable effect to make it even more obnoxious. <laughs> One of the reasons why Aatrox when he was good, you know, years ago <laughs> It was like 2014 when it, last time Aatrox was worth playing. But uh, when Aatrox was actually good, he was a monster and he was so hard to deal with. And part of the reason was because they coupled in his kit, and it's still the case today, they coupled a heal with an invulnerability. And that's a part of the reason when Swain is strong, he can get Zonias and then he can heal while invulnerable. If you see what I'm getting at, putting heals and invulnerability in a, in a stacking manner... And being able to use them at the same time is, in my personal opinion, shit game design. Um, oh, and by the way, if any of you guys play Overwatch, if May has ever frozen herself into a block of ice and healed back up to full health in front of you, then you probably know what I'm talking about. It's a terrible game mechanic, in my opinion, because you're just sitting there helplessly watching the enemy regenerate their health with nothing you can do about it. In uh, most cases you would be able to, say, apply Grievous Wounds to them if you're building correctly and building smart to specifically counter this champion. Or you'd be able to try and burst them through the heal. Or there's a lot of different counterplay. That's why it's it's not easy to play against Soraka, but Soraka, while one of the more obnoxious champions in the game, does have pretty significant counterplay. And that if you pick her off early in a fight, her team is going to probably get screwed because her healing is, you know, really central to winning a lot of fights. Because of that, I think that Soraka, while really obnoxious, is not necessarily a badly designed uh, champion. I think she's got some cool design elements. But um, anyways, that being said, the amount of 
the the raw defensive capabilities of Echo's kit make him just absolutely infuriating to play against. And he's got, what, three dashes? Yeah, he's got his E, and then the second part of his E, and then his ultimate, which, you know, can teleport you a massive distance, depending on how much you move. He's also got a huge movement speed boost when you proc all three of his mark. He's just... He is the most slippery son of a bitch in the game, probably. And that's, on its own, is fine for a champion to be slippery and really frustrating to chase down and hard to kill. That, in, it, in and of itself, is okay. What's not okay is coupling these defensive capabilities with it. That's where I draw the line on Echo's kit being stupid and being obnoxious and not fun to play against and not, and not making any sense as an assassin. Now... Being able to go untargetable as an assassin is fine. I play Master Yi. Like, there is counterplay to it, and Zed can do it. Uh, LeBlanc can kind of do it. She goes invisible. I mean, it's obviously not the same thing, but it, it's sort of similar, uh, especially earlier on in the game. But it's just the problem is that Echo is more or less unique amongst... I'm going to call him an AP assassin, even though he's normally played tank. I'm going to... The tank build has been somewhat phased out, although people have been building Triforce now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but I'm going to I'm gonna just, for the sake of this discussion, say that he's an AP Assassin champion. And if you look at other champions in the Assassin category, tons of them have invulnerability. Um, Fizz does, Zed does, Master Yi does. I already mentioned a couple of those. And while those champions can be very frustrating to deal with, it is a frustrating thing to deal with invulnerability in any form. Even if it's, you know, something simple like a Zonia's Hourglass. I mean, it's always going to be frustrating, but the fact of the matter is, none of those other champions that I mentioned had those invulnerabilities coupled with heal abilities. I mean, Master Yi's got a heal in his kit, sure. And it's also a damage reduction in his kit, sure. But at the same time, you gotta stand still to use it. <laughs> you have to literally be standing still to use his ability that heals him. And I, I, if you think there's no counterplay to standing still because you know you're trying to burst through his damage and you're playing Evelyn, and then he just meditates through your damage, and then you're like, "Oh, that's broken." <laughs> well, yeah, you're trying to play Evelyn into Master Yi. That doesn't really work. You know, if he's got any sort of items whatsoever and you're not massively fed, it's just not going to happen. Now, if you're playing Syndra and you stun him the second that he starts meditating and then you knock his ass out with your ultimate and ignite, then you're getting somewhere. <laughs> you're getting somewhere when you actually, you know, hard CC the assassins in the game. Unless they're fucking Echo and he just pops his ultimate when he sees the CC in midair and is instantly teleported and heals for 700 of his health because why not and the other thing this is kind of an aside but the other thing that's stupid about echo's kit is that he if you ever watched the uh, animation that accompanied his, his release where he's fighting that guy that looks like the love child of singed and bane but is apparently neither that thing where he keeps rewinding basically if you haven't watched it he'll like be fighting this guy and then uh the guy will land a, a punch to his stomach or something just for an example 
well, then Echo rewinds time like four or five seconds. And then he's able to know that the punch to his stomach is coming and he dodges it. Well, the next time the guy, you know, slaps him in the back of the head or something or hits him in a different way. And then Echo has to keep rewinding time in order to fight this guy. But the problem is in the animation that he doesn't heal when he goes back in time. So his physical state is the same as it was or his physical state, I guess, is continuous in the animation. He doesn't heal when he goes back in time. And then for to see that, and then to have his ultimate come with a free heal, it, it's just very, I don't even know the word, jarring? It, it was jarring when I first started playing. I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why is it different in the animation? I mean, it's not like you're doing this animation and then the champion got changed later on. You're, you're releasing them simultaneously. I mean, I get what you're going, I get what you're going for with the animation, and you might take some artistic liberties, but... With these kinds of videos, they're so. Riot has used so many different mediums for their lore and for the conveying of their lore. They've used comic books, they've used videos, they've used songs. What, what haven't they used to convey lore? I mean, they've done all sorts of stuff. And then to see such a stark contrast between what the character does in this lore video essentially is what it is it's giving you insight onto the character i would consider it a lore video even though it's not technically an origin story or whatever the hell they're supposed to be um and then to see them do something completely different in game i mean yeah they're similar he's going back in time quote unquote it's cool and all that but um i just don't see it was just very odd to me to see him be so be different in in the game than he was in the animation and that was another problem that I've had with Echo it's one of those things that's always kind of nagged me in the back of my mind when I'm playing against him and you know it, it just feels like it almost feels like you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed to be allowed to heal <laughs> you're you're supposed to get the crap beaten out of you and then still have the crap beaten out of you but then keep rewinding because you're a cool guy and you have white hair and you know, all that good stuff. Because how could you not be cool if you have white hair and uh, go back in time? Although now I'm realizing that's also the Doctor from Back to the Future. So, you know, maybe not the coolest thing in the uh, world, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. It was really funny. I was watching Back to the Future, and it was like, almost i think it was the same day that they traveled to in the uh in the movie like it was october 15th or whatever it is and i was watching it on october 15th which i'm sure is why they were playing it on tv was because it was the same day but it was a uh, it was pretty cool it was like a we don't have flying cars though and i'm pretty miffed about that um generation before us first you destroy the housing market and then you don't even you don't even do us the kindness of building flying cars. Like, how is a man supposed to function in a society that doesn't build flying cars? This is what we were promised in the 80s. And I want my dreams to come true, damn it. <laughs> uh, well, that pertains to, um, you know, champion design. And sorry if I went a little bit in-depth on uh, the examples, but I feel like it's more useful to go in-depth on a specific example than it is to be shallow on several examples, for my style at least. Um, 
for some people it might be different. It might be better to touch on a bunch of different things. But I feel like I can convey the concepts and ideas that I want to get across to you guys through one specific example, and you guys can more or less um, make those make connections in your head and make changes and links in your head. So, like, that's another reason why everyone hates Vladimir now, because he can heal for 700 health per Q or however the hell his kit works. I, I don't know what is it, how exactly his kit works, but... And he also has the ability to go, you know, turn into a pool of blood and then be untargetable and very, very annoying to deal with, especially if the Vlad player is even remotely good. It's You're going to have a bad time, but heals an invulnerability. At least he can't do it at the exact same time, but just not a good, uh, not a good thing overall. So if you take one thing away from that, to the five people that are going to go on to create games in the future, don't couple heals and invulnerability, okay? Because it's not cool. And I will not play your game if you have that, all right? <laughs> I'm just going to read every character's ability before I play your game, and then, oh, nope, can't do that. Can't do that. Well, okay, I guess you can do that, but shouldn't do that. And that's kind of the theme for this episode is, no, don't do that. <laughs> Woo, can you guys believe it's been the 60 episodes of League of Legends Radio? It feels like just yesterday I was the starting my podcast. It actually feels like it was a long-ass time ago, and it kind of was. So <laughs> we have come a long way. Really, the quality of the uh, content has just really skyrocketed recently, i got to say. <laughs> We've just been really, uh, really been kicking up the class and, uh, you know, just there's been generally more swearing recently. So, you know, sorry for that. But after 50 episodes, it's just like, you know, whatever, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was, have you ever talked to me? A couple of you have, it's a lot less, uh, PG 13 than it is here most of the time because I'm a child of the internet. It's not my fault. I was corrupted from a very young age by these thugs on the internet. My purity. Help. <laughs> Anyways, that being said, um, news and such, I, uh, I did get around to making a Patreon, and that will be linked. And, um, I haven't talked, I talked about it last week, but I'll talk about the actual specifics of it now. So, $5.00. What I'm going to do for $5 is every month I will probably email each of my um, Patreon patrons uh, an MP3 with uh, an extra episode of League of Legends Radio. So for five months, five months, $5 per month, you guys uh, can uh, get an extra episode. And so if it's like... If there were four episodes that month, then it's five. And if there were five episodes that month, then you get six. And that's 12 extra episodes a year. And, uh, you know, for just pennies a day, you too can um, give that money to me instead of to, like, a charity or the Red Cross or, you know, starving children. Um, so think about that, you fucking monsters. <laughs> God damn, I hate myself. <laughs> 
Man, I'm just depressing myself now. This has been a really depressing episode for me. I talked about champions that I hate, and then I talked about the feeling of hating myself for likening myself to Keemstar, and now I'm talking about starving children. This episode has just all around been not a good time. I apologize for that. Uh, I'm sure you guys can forgive me. But, um, yeah, tangents. Patreon, I have one. If you're a real OG Ponderous Sea Lion fan, then, uh, you know, just consider checking it out. And um, on a serious note, like I said last week, uh, I do appreciate everyone who listens, you know, whether you're you would consider yourself a big fan or um whether you just kind of pop in to listen every once in a while I do appreciate it and um obviously becoming a Patreon patron is not a requirement and I know all of you every time I hear someone say that I'm like uh yeah you're damn right it's not a requirement um <laughs> but um it would mean a lot to me and it would you know practically help me <laughs> or that sounds like see that that sounds weird the way that I phrase that it sounds like I was gonna say, well it's practically and then this show is practically like getting diagnosed with okay anyways uh, we're not gonna go there yet <laughs> we haven't uh, sunk to that level quite this episode and I'd really like to keep it that way but um what was I talking about the way that I said something weird oh yeah. I guess a better way to put it would be it helps me out in a practical way. You know, money. Uh, That is helpful for me to, you know, live and do the things that I want to do when uh, the time comes for that. So, anyways, Twitter, at Radio. I post some uh, fire memes about um, Solo Q making me want to end it all. So, uh, you know, if you're into that kind of thing, that's a good place to... uh, to go for that kind of thing. <laughs> I also post about my uh, hybrid Leeson uh, support games because I pl- I did play one of those in a normal match where I was Leeson with like Proto Belt, Lich Bane, Moby Boots, Sightstone, Black Cleaver, and Maw of Malmortius. I want to say it was my build, and I did like forty-two thousand damage with that build, and I was very proud of it as Leeson support. Quality gameplay, really, all 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 around the board. You know, I gotta say, it was just some quality gameplay. But uh, yeah, I dragging on. Jesus, five minutes—that is just way too much. You people have lives, I think. Ah, who am I kidding? I can take as much of your time as I want. <laughs> There's people sleeping here. I should not do that. But whoopsie. Yeah, they're still sleeping. I could scream and they wouldn't wake up. Or one of them could scream and they wouldn't wake up. Um. Well, I've got a family to murder. I will uh, catch you guys on the flippity-flop. Or a family not to murder. That's what I meant to say. They'll never suspect it. <laughs> the flippity-flop, my friends. This has been League of Legends Radio.